Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Isles Buzz Podcast. This is your one-stop shop for everything surrounding your New York Islanders. And now, here are your hosts, Dan Petru and Noel Fogelman. Yeah, this is our last show. The Islanders uh, have not lost their uh, four-game winning streak. It's, um, it's a weird four-game winning streak, to say the least. Well, maybe we shouldn't do the show. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of, you know, overtime wins, uh, you know, Brock, Brocktober is, you know, strong as, as, as always. But, um, yeah, they've been outplayed in a lot of these games, but they've come out with Ws. Uh, they haven't been outplayed completely in, in all the games. I, I would say the worst one they played St. Louis, but the other ones are pretty even for the most part. I mean, yes, they have, they, they have not played their best hockey yet, but they're winning, so who cares? That's all that matters. Look, in October, you can't make the playoffs in October, but you can play yourself out of the playoffs in October. The two points count as much in October as you do in March. You take the right. wins, you bank the points. Uh, as Bill Parcells used to say, you're as good as your record. So they're 5-3. And, and right now, and considering like the roster up front that they're putting on the ice right now with their because of their injuries and whatnot, you take any points you can get. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, – Naturally, we bury the lead, and we'll, we'll talk with the voice, the radio voice of the Islanders, Christine, a little bit. They'll give us some updates on the injured players, who's supposed to come back and what. They, you know, have a four-day break, which helps, obviously, because even Andrew Ladd is practicing. Uh, a couple other, you know, weird you know, injuries. Kunakov's out. Kamarov has uh, got the sniffles. So it's a lot of, a lot of down Islanders at the moment. Yes, it is. Um, but I mean, you know, I, a lot of the guys I, I would consider 
they're replaced, you know, interchangeable, whether it's Kamarov or Kunako or whatnot. They do need Everly back, and it sounds like the week is close. But this team is uh, in a battle to uh, score goals. That's the biggest thing. Defense, yeah, that's fine. Uh, goaltending, yep, that's fine. Uh, actually, power play, that's been fine. Yeah. Um, they just need to find a way to score goals, and they also need to find a way to generate more power plays. Part of the reason they don't have the puck enough in the other end. Yeah, and one very, very encouraging sign was Marfazal's play this week. Uh, when he shoots and when he's aggressive like that, it, it makes him that more dangerous and gives him another dynamic. And this is something you want to see because they don't have a player like that who can right. generate his own offense. And if Barzal can do that, it just makes the team that much more better, gives other players availability to re- rebounds and that and stuff like that. So if he can do this and uh, open up his own line of skincare products like Kylie Jenner, he'll be great. You know? Well, you know, he has to be more aggressive. They, I'm sure that's finally got to his head. Like, look, we don't have a lot of goal scorers. You can score goals for easier shooter. Also, it's the more he shoots, the more those lanes will be open to make those passes and it'll make everyone around him better. So he needs to take games over, and he has been taking games over. He's the only playmaker on this team. He's the only game-breaker on this team. So you you have to be happy with what you're seeing from him so far. So that's definitely uh, a very encouraging sign. Yes, another encouraging sign. You mentioned Rule 4. The goaltending has, has been really good lately. Um, we'll talk to Chris and see how long they're going to keep up his goalie rotation because I really thought that they would play a little arm walk on Saturday. They played great, and it worked out. Yeah, yeah. You know, another thing, too, is we were talking, you, you mentioned about the four-game win streak, and they were outplayed, blah, 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 that sort of thing, which is all true. But the bottom line is they beat St. Louis, the semi Stanley Cup champions. They won in Winnipeg, which is a very hard place to win, no matter how bad the Jets are or what they're trying to find their way. And they beat the Florida Panthers, who are probably going to be a playoff team. So those are good teams that they've beaten. Yeah, and, you know, Columbus hasn't gotten off to you know, that better start after losing all their players and then right. they're sad. And so, you know, just keep a win there after um, – that was – out of all the games, I, I guess you kind of bookend the 20 streak. They played really bad for 54 minutes against the Blues, you know, the win. That second period was atrocious against Columbus. They were laid down the law. They came out with a win. And it's just – it's good to know that you look at football this week and just – this weekend, the disaster of the Jets and Giants and their coaching staffs just in over their heads. They're both terrible coaching staffs. They both should have gotten fired this weekend. Just to sit back and watch the best coach in New York, Barry Trotz, just know what buttons to push. And this is his staff is amazing, though. It's not just him, though. Lamarell has put it together one of the best staffs in the game. Yeah, you know, we would talk about we would kill Lou about, you know, the player transactions and trades. The biggest move was bringing Trotz in. I don't care if it fell in this lap. If, it does, if um, Carson was still here, he wouldn't have made that move. He would have kept Capuano. He would have kept Lee. So for him to even choose to make that move, it's still a move that he made. So you have to acknowledge the fact that he did it under his watch. And it's, it's paid off dividends. Barry Trotz is a phenomenal coach. And he knows what buttons to press. And this, and this team, 10 days ago, everyone was writing this team off. This team was terrible, this and that. Meanwhile, they're 5-3 right now and a better start than last year. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a, it's like they're still trying to find their way. It's definitely still a work in progress. It's also some Band-Aid lines and some mass units because of injuries. Um, but it is what it is. It's a team that will play good defense, a team that, whose goaltending will be solid, 
It's just they have to find enough goals. And if the power play, if they can generate more power plays and keep the power play up like they've been doing, they're going to be absolutely fine. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, the phenomenal staff, Lane Lambert, John Madden, Jim Miller, you know, welcome addition to this power play unit. And, you know, they, they convert on their chances. They don't get a lot, but they convert on that this year. It helps with the aggressiveness of Matt Barzell, too. Because they don't, that will make everything on the power play better. If he is going to start curling off the face-off dots and putting the puck on net as opposed to looking to a pass, well then that's going to make that's going to make Pulak's life a little easier. That's going to make Taze's life a little easier because then there's there's going to be shooting lanes. The more aggressive Barzell is, the more it will benefit everyone on the team. Yeah, and he seems to do that a lot of times against the Jets. He did it last year. He had the hat trick to go this year. So. You just have to picture those beautiful jerseys from Winnipeg every single game. You know, yeah. That's like the most the most goals he's scored against one team is in Winnipeg. Yeah. In his career so far. Yeah. Right. We'll have like trivia for you. Yeah. And it's a shame that they're done already on uh, October 22nd. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a little weird. They play each other within a week. Yeah. And speaking of October 22nd, happy 70th birthday to Butch Goring. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll pick him out from people in the toy department. Yes, sir. Yeah, the dirty areas. I still don't understand how he can have two dogs and not name them Chip and Chase. I know, right? <laughs> we, need to, we need to have him on the show. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll adopt a couple more. And get... <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you not name your dogs Chip and Chase? I know. I know. And speaking of dogs, the uh, Islanders have a new uh, guide dog uh, who they'll be training, and they're, they're, the contest is underway. Uh, Wednesday, they'll reveal the, uh, her name, and it's got to be Tori, right? It's got to be Tori. I would imagine, yeah. I can't think of anything else other than that. It's got you got, you got radar, you gotta have toys. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. You know, I mean unless you have Jabasi, you gotta do No. No, it's Toss, as you know, for Bright Trade, but you know. But yeah, I I think Tori works. I, I think yep. especially a female dog, you know, perfect. Yeah. You know. But uh we tweeted out something earlier, a major announcement. Yes, major uh, announcement. Yes. So uh we are going to do another live show from the Offside Tavern. Yes, we are going back to Offside. Yes, uh, January 4th, the Saturday, yes. before the road game against Toronto. So, oh, okay. There's no, yeah. no storylines there. None whatsoever. So, um, Tavares will be back from his you know, broken finger by Ooh. then. Um, yeah, John Tavares. Yeah. And you know what? We'll, we'll think of a cool gimmick. We, we have to get something cool. That uh, if someone does something, we'll just buy them a couple beers. Maybe if they bring okay. like a Nabu Starfighter or something like that. There, so if you say if you bring pajamas, everyone's gonna wear pajamas. Uh, we should have we should we should we should have a theme here, or the best troll of '91 will get an award. Yeah, we'll win something. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll develop this a little bit more, but that's what we're going with right now. So yeah. you come to Offside Tavern and you have a, some kind of some kind of gimmick to make fun of uh, 91 and the best one will definitely win something. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, the show started about 5.30. We're still locked in guests. It's, it's going to be a fun night. Um, we've had, you know, a great, uh, great crowd the last two times we were there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this time will actually be at the Florida game. Yeah, the first time right. we, we did our 100th show, and it was during the preseason on a Tuesday. And right. but, but we you know, we figured out how the show was, so we had to do it once the show fell out of with hundred. And then we did last year before the uh or actually after the uh Burbank game. Another two one loss, <laughs> as always. Well you know we need to figure out how many episodes we've done because 'cause I've lost count and we need to make that one the hundred fifty hundred fiftieth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Well, that so was, we're going to have to do, we're gonna have to do good. Now. So we, we might even be close to like uh, maybe one. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll have to you know go back to the catalog and uh, okay. do some you know math along with the over unders that we had. <laughs> yeah, the one that we never paid off. Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, that event should be a, a lot of fun. And um, another player who seems to just miss out on his first NHL goal has been Oliver Walter. He's he looks like he belongs here. Unfortunately, I think this day is going to be short-lived. Why is that? Because you, you're getting all these healthy guys back. Yeah, but Everly still has some time. He's still going to be there probably at least a couple of weeks. He gotcha. just started skating on his own. He's going to be at least probably 10 days away. Right. So, I mean, that's short-lived. I'm not saying he's going back tomorrow. But when no, he, but I mean, hey, if he keeps playing like this, he might not go back. You could, There's plenty of guys they can send out. The only guy I can possibly see, I mean, Ross Johnson has been playing pretty well, and he's kind of bumped. I think him and Matt Martin are kind of like alternating, it seems like. You but could send Kunako down. He'd be the only guy, I think. Cause I, yeah. I, I know we had this conversation last week, and since we did, he scored his first goal of the year, Michael Dalcol. They're not going to weigh Michael Dalcol. I'm sorry. They're just, they're just not going to give up on the guy. No, they're probably not. You know, and, and someone would, would take him. So, Kunak will be the only guy. And if he lives, then he lives. And it's not the end of the world. Um, but, I mean, I would love to see Watson sit up here. It's just a numbers game, unfortunately. Yeah, and, you know, he's also 19. And you know, he has yeah. played well, but he hasn't. You know, he hasn't had five goals in two games. So, no. we got it in production counts, too. So, let's see where he is when that decision has to be made. Because if he starts producing, he's not going anywhere. Right. But he, he has to make the decision difficult for, for Lou and Barry. And, Correct. Uh, you know, so far, he's, you know, he's, he's held his own. But he's he passes the eye test. Yeah, he passes yeah. the eye test. Yeah. But uh, let's, let's send a fun voyage to Lucas Pisa, who uh, signed with the Anaheim Ducks today and got sent down to San Diego to get clear waivers. I imagine he would. That'd be kind of funny. That's going to be a homeless claim. That'd be kind of funny. That would be funny, yes. Yeah, but, um, yes, you know, happy trails. That kind of leaves a spot open for Dennis Heidenberg, right, to uh, yep. hop on the old PT, uh, PTO? Well, no, but, I have no adoptions living at his house, so, you know, he's just a billet, apparently, at this point. Oh, yeah. You see those pictures? They're hilarious. Yeah. His, his wife is... Uh, his, Good, good for Dennis, you know. But uh, oh, are, you, are you surprised that a um, that a uh, professional athlete has an attractive wife? Of course not. Of course not. Okay. Yeah, but it, it, it just cracks me up because Dobson looks like he's twelve. You know, it just really looks he like does. he's a mother's son. You know, but it's it's pretty funny. All right. Uh, um, but wait, before we get to Chris, do you want to do tweet of the week now, or do you want to do tweet of the week after Chris? Let's do it now. That's exactly okay. what I was going to. Uh, out there. Um, yeah, our second tweet of the week, we uh, had a lot of positive feedback last week. My mother loved the idea. She, so it was good. Yeah, that's good. Where that's good. Uh, my wife, the lovely Jody, said, you guys do a podcast? So, <laughs> did she really say that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking about both of them. Okay. So, no, I can so see your mom listening to the show. She does once in a while, but it's just okay. Okay, so uh, we had a bunch of different uh, nominees this week, but the theme of the week, I I really wanted to do something Barzell with the whole Carly Jenner thing, but it wasn't a tweet because it was a quote. So you really right. couldn't go that way. 
So that was just you can go up quarter of the week, but that, we don't do that. So the tweet no, of the week different show. Exactly. So that kind of falls to the second story of the week was Trot. You know, laying into his team during Caddy's game against the Blue Jackets. There are a lot of different tweets about the subject, but we found the best one underscore Jimmy Ariel. Angry Trot will be my nightmares. Which Amy, read one more time. Read one more time. Angry trots will be in my nightmares. Yeah, that's fantastic because he lit that team up. Exactly, and, and they from, responded though. They, they responded and played very well for the rest of the game. Exactly, and you know, some a head coach like that knows when to do it. You know, whereas like say John Tortorella who just yells all the time, they're you know tune that out. When you when you do it, when you need to do it, players respond to that, and that's what trots knows how to do. Yes. Yes. So that's the one of our the, the real the really the first authentic winner of the tweet of the week since we took we took our our, uh, our colleague Dan's tweet last week. So, uh, but keep them coming. We're always watching. We're looking at the Alt hashtag, and you, who knows? Maybe your tweet will be the tweet of the week. Yes, exactly. Use the hashtag IELTSBuzz if you think you have a great tweet. And yep. after the break, the radio voice of the New York Islanders, Chris King. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And joining us now is the radio voice of the New York Islanders, Chris King. Kinger, how's it going tonight? I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. A um, little bit of an injury update from practice today. We had some uh, surprises there and some uh, people hopefully getting healthy soon. Yeah, I think the pleasant surprise is uh, Casey Suzekas was back out there. So uh, he was, you know, flying all over the ice doing normal things. At one point, barreled over the net, and uh, you know, Barry Trotz said, "Welcome back, Zeke," and he had a big smile on his face. Um, Andrew Ladd uh, is no longer wearing the orange no-contact jersey, so uh, good to see him in the same practice, blue and white as everybody else, although he was skating on defense, believe it or not, just to make it a fourth pair opposite Noah Dobson. Um, so those two back out there is good news. The other side of it was still no Jordan Everly. Uh, Leo Kamarov was not out there today. He missed Saturday's game in Columbus. And also Tom Kunakel was getting, quote-unquote, a maintenance day, according to the head coach. So, uh, yeah, just nice to see Suzekas and Ladd uh, rejoining the group, and, and hopefully the others will follow suit. And, you know, that could be one of the benefits of this light schedule where the Islanders are only playing three times in 12 days. You hopefully will get all your, your guys back in action. Now, with, I, know, I know the uh, general manager, Lou Amos, has expected Ladd probably back towards the end of November. With the plethora of forwards on this roster right now, where, where does Andrew fit once he's finally healthy? Could he, could he go to Bridgeport maybe for conditioning? It's uh, kind of a large front. Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility for sure if you just want to get him some game action. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, especially that left side is pretty crowded right now. If you kind of go down the left wing, which is what he normally plays, uh, you're talking Anders Lee, Anthony Beauvillier, Josh Bailey, and then, you know, Matt Martin and Ross Johnson have uh, split that line leveling spot uh, of recent memory. So um, it'd be interesting to see. You know, you could always shift Bailey back to the right. He certainly played a ton there. And, you know, people forget that, that Andrew Ladd really did a nice job with Matt Barzell in his rookie year. It really was Barzell between uh, Ladd and Everly from both of that season until Andrew Ladd got hurt. And then Anthony Beauvillier went in Ladd's spot and kind of caught fire with Barzell. And, you know, the two youngsters had a lot of fun 
won the remainder of that rookie campaign. So uh, I think, you know, you got to start him out slow, maybe a third-line slot, see what he can do there, and then he can beat the Andrew Ladd of old, which is, you know, incredible leadership all those years as captain of the Winnipeg Jets, two Stanley Cups, uh, one with Carolina, one with Chicago. That's a terrific guy to welcome back in your lineup. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough spot right now, but I think the most natural thing would be to slide Bailey back to the right and let him uh, jump in on the third line uh, with maybe Derek Broussard, who's currently centering that third group. Now, let's stay with the third line a little bit. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom, who made his debut a couple weeks ago, has, has not looked out of place, you know, got a couple of chances to score his first NHL goal. Would he be the logical choice to be sent down to Bridgeport or has he done enough to kind of state his case to be kept up here? Yeah, you know, I asked Derek Broussard that question uh, in Columbus on Saturday morning and he said, no, he, he, he belongs here. He said he's shown me everything he needs to show me uh, and everybody, you know, to a man talks about his incredible release and the puck just leaps off his stick. It absolutely explodes, guys. And, uh, you know, it's the other parts of the game that have surprised the Islanders a little bit. Derek Broussard said he was really impressed with his wall play and how well he protected the puck and Josh Bailey raved about his physical game, that first game at home against St. Louis where it looked like he was shot out of a cannon. He was hitting everything in sight. So, uh, um, you know, they want to get him on the score sheet, obviously. He, he had three great chances against St. Louis. Uh, in Winnipeg, Hellebuck made a crazy glove save on him, and then he hit the crossbar in Columbus. So it looks like it's getting closer for that goal for Oliver Wallstrom. And, yeah, with everybody coming back in this light schedule, you know he realizes what the numbers could be. So I think, you know, if he lights the lamp a few times, uh, it certainly would help his case to stay when everybody healthy, uh, when everybody gets healthy and is ready to return. That's one thing that's really stood out to me is he plays bigger than he looks, although he's a good size. He skates better than he looks, although he's not a bad skater. He's quicker than I thought he would be. He's more physical than I thought he'd be. And he has a bit of a, but he's a bit of a pain. Like, other teams have been agitated by him. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I agree with you, but it, it, it's funny because Barry Trotz today was, not, not, I'm not going to say was down on him, but was saying that, you know, he hasn't been in the most recent game in Columbus where he was against St. Louis. So, again, and Barry said that's a natural thing for all players who come up to the National Hockey League for the first time. That first game is always, you know, you're, they're on adrenaline. They're, they're absolutely on adrenaline. And he said the challenge is to have that kind of effort in game two and game three. And, you know, he used his hand to show here's where, you know, Wallstrom was against St. Louis and here's where he was Saturday against Columbus. And it was a couple of notches down from that. So, you know, Barry's looking at that entire game. We are all watching, you know, that incredible release. And, you know, you see why he scored 48 goals for the U.S. national team a couple years ago and you salivate over the possibilities of him doing that and he is getting some power play time so Barry's giving him those opportunities but Barry also needs to see those other parts of his game that you know that work along the boards that physical play that 200 foot game that's so important to be a member of the Islanders uh, stay where it was against St. Louis which in Barry's mind it wasn't Saturday in Columbus. Now the Islanders are five and three four game winning streak what do you make of this start I mean because they haven't played the cleanest hockey but yet again they're better than they were last year three games. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's interesting, guys, because you look at how it started, right? One and three out of the shoot in the four games, and then since then, the four-game winning streak where they've won once in regulation, twice in overtime, and once in a shootout. So, you know what they say, you know, good teams find a way to win, and I think that's what they've done the last four games. Early on in the season, when it wasn't there, they would find a way to lose rather than win. So, uh, the fact they're winning in all different manners, you are starting to see some of those signs of, you know, how good they were at locking down a game in which they had the lead 
particularly in Winnipeg. I thought, you know, that was the, the game that most resembled the Islanders of a year ago where you get that lead and then you just shut it down in the third period and don't give the other team a sniff and, and hit the empty net to seal the victory. So um, we are seeing signs of it coming around. And, again, it is still a learning curve for the couple of guys that are new, and certainly one of those guys is Semyon Varlamov. And I think, you know, he's been terrific the last two games, whereas early on, you know, he's still learning the ways of, of the new goalie coaches he deals with each and every day in Mitch Korn and Piero Greco. But uh, I think the fact that, you know, you got those four wins, you've been splitting goalies every single game. You know, Barry Trotz has alternated Grice and Varlamov, and that worked well from last year with Robin Leonard and Grice, and so far it's worked well this year. And, you know, you got the four wins, and each of those goalies has two of them. Yeah, it just, it just seems like, okay, both him in check, defense check. Now the offense needs to, you know, there's going to be a stretch all year. Is there enough goals in this, in this front, uh, the front? Twelve. Are there enough goals out of these four in this bowl group to really make Dallas uh, compete for not only playoffs but the division and farther? One thing that I have noticed though is this team goes by Matthew Barzell. He is by far the most elite playmaker on the team. He is the, the offensive catalyst of the team. This team looks different when he shoots the puck. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. It's very funny. If you look at the breakdown, okay, the first four games of the year, the Islanders won one of those. They were one and three. Matt Barzell had one assist in those four games, okay? The last four games, they've won them all. He has four goals, two assists, six points. So there it is in a nutshell, right? As he goes, they go. And uh, that, that key thing you touched on there, he has adopted a shoot-first mentality, which has never been there in his first two years in the National Hockey League. He was always a pass-first guy. And Barry Trucks talked about it today extensively. Uh, they did talk him into using a new stick this season, which, again, is going to allow him to shoot the puck a little bit better. And the fact that Barry said, look, you can't be predictable that you're going to pass the puck every time because then the defense knows what you're going to do and the other team's goalie knows what you're going to do. He goes, you got to have that deception in your game. That's the word he used deception so he said find the balance don't let him know when you're going to shoot don't let him know when you're going to pass and you know Matt himself said in that Winnipeg game was a classic example he had a two-on-one he said a year ago I would have passed that puck 100% of the time instead he let it rip and it found the back of the net and that was the game winning goal you look at the power play goal you know Bailey's putting it through the seam and he's one-timing it home from the right dot uh, from the left dot with a right-handed shot a la Alexander Ovechkin's office spot there so we're seeing things from Matt goal scoring wise and shooting wise that we haven't seen through his first two years uh, here in year three. And I just want to talk a little bit about Noah Dobson, who um, hasn't played for a while now. It could be, you know, cause, because of you know the light schedule, Johnny Boychuk has looked fantastic the times he's been in there. Is that pretty much the only swap is going to be Dobson for Boychuk throughout the year? Yeah, it's a great question, guys. It, it, you'd be hard-pressed to make a case for anybody else coming out for him, though. As good as he is and as good as he's looked, and certainly, you know, that great pass to Matt Martin, uh, in his NHL debut for a goal and pick up an assist on that and just his heads-up play. Uh, he reminds you of, you know, Ryan Pollock in, in offensive ways. He reminds you of Devon Taves in offensive ways. And, uh, you know, I thought he looked very good in those games where he came in. But the funny thing is, once he came out and Johnny Boychuk was back in, Boychuk, you could make a case, has been the best defenseman on the team through this run of four straight wins. Johnny, I think, had a goal and two assists, three points in the four wins, and just, you know, doing the old Johnny Boychuk things where he's blocking shots, he's losing his stick, he's a warrior out there, he's, you know, kicking the puck into the zone after about that two-minute shift at the Coliseum against the Blues recently. So Johnny's just shown us everything that, you know, the Islander fans had seen from Johnny Boychuk earlier in his career. So I don't know whether it was, you know, Johnny being a healthy scratch that one time that allowed Dobson in, that's 
with a fire under him, but but he's been terrific. And again, I don't think you could make a case to take out any of the other five in order to get Noah Dobson in. So, you know, you wait and see. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I, again, I couldn't come up with any of the other five that I would say, you know, would need a break unless you just decide, decide on back-to-backs like the Islanders do have uh, home Thursday and then in Ottawa Friday that you want to try to rotate somebody out and just give Dobson a chance to get back in because he has sat for quite a while now because of Boychuk's resurgence. And you can see he has shown some glimpses of what, what he can do. And I, I do think over the course of these you know, injuries are going to occur. And by the time we get to, to April, you'll see Dobson playing at least 40 games, maybe more. Um, so, you know, he's 19. He's won two straight Memorial Cups. There's no reason to send him back to juniors. Now, you're also, and you mentioned Devontae. I wanted to touch on him because Barry uh, has given him a beer roll. His ice time is going up, and you're starting to see just a pleasant surprise from him. His, his offensive abilities are through the roof. Absolutely, and you know what? You, you, you kind of made your own point there because let's remember back to last year, right? Devontae is in Bridgeport and probably never comes up to the NHL if Thomas Hickey doesn't get hurt. But Thomas right. Hickey gets hurt, that opens the door for Devontae, and then we all see the guy that, you know, we hoped he would be uh, throughout his entire career leading up to his National Hockey League debut. So, yeah, I really like his two-way game. Uh, you know, he's on one of those power play units now where uh, the unit he's on, he's the lone defenseman on, so it's a little different look than uh, that other unit right now that has uh, both Pollock and, and Letty, uh, Letty kind of working in the bumper spot. But uh, I love the fact that, you know, he, he's so good at both ends and you know, he opened so many eyes last year. And just, again, I like the pairings, the way they kind of break down. All three pairings now feature an offensive defenseman and a defensive defenseman. So you look at, you know, the offensive side of it, it's going to be Taves, Pollock, Letty. Then the defensive side of it, obviously, you got Pellick, Mayfield, and Johnny Boychuk. So there's really nice balance among those three pairings. And for Devon Taves, you know, Scott Mayfield is just a perfect partner. And I talked to Scotty today about that. He felt, you know, they're still rounding their defensive game into form. And, and you know, there have been moments like, Saturday in Columbus where they got hemmed in their own end for about three minutes and couldn't get out of it where, uh, you know, they, they, they need to cut those times down where they, they, they spend in their own end. But, uh, you know, Scotty talked about that layered approach that he and Devontae's and the whole team try to play with, and, and I expect the defense to improve as the season goes along. But, yeah, I love, you know, both sides of Devontae's game right now. Such a good puck rusher, uh, such a good quarterback. It can really shoot the puck, and uh, it's fun to watch him, you know, thrive now in his first full season in the National Hockey League. And touching upon the goaltenders, um, you mentioned Volarmov. The last two starts have been fantastic. I actually thought they'd go back to Volarmov in uh, Saturday against Columbus, but I know Trotz is doing the rotation. Do you know how long or have an idea how long he's going to stay with this rotation? Because it doesn't seem like one goalie can get into a groove. Yeah, it, it's a tough question, guys, because of the way the schedule is. And it's a, a perfect example of what you said. I think a lot of us thought, hey, look, Varley was terrific in Winnipeg. Let's let him play in Columbus. But if you let him play in Columbus, then Thomas Grice would have gone nine days without playing a game. Right. So the schedule is just so crazy right now. They're, you know, four days off, then play three games in four nights, then four days off again. So they only have three <laughs> games in a dozen days. And you don't want either guy to lose focus. Barry talked about this uh, in Columbus on Saturday morning. He said, I need them to stay sharp. That's what I need them to do. So he's got to continue to rotate them. Uh, you know, basically, it's been every other game, uh, you know, starting the game, either Varlamov or Grubbick, the first eight, and I would think with back-to-backs, certainly, you know, Thursday at home against Arizona, and then boom, they're off with the very next night. That's going to be a split. And then suddenly, two nights later, you know, you're hosting the Flyers at the Coliseum. I would think... You know, that the guy that, uh, that that played in Ottawa is certainly not going to play that game either. So I think the rotation for the time being is going to be continued. But Barry did say, you know, much like last year, he kind of had a feeling out process between Grice and Leonard. 
then uh, you know, there were some injuries to Robin Leonard that allowed Grice to run with the ball a little bit. Then Robin got hot and he had a little run. So, you know, Barry's going to let their play dictate that. But just right now, the schedule, more than anything else, says, hey, don't let anybody sit for nine or ten days because then it's hard to get, you know, get that groove back. One thing, one last thing that I wanted to touch on um, is the power play looks a lot better, and it is producing and generating more chances when they're on the power play, and they are scoring on the power play. However, they're not drawing any penalties. So, what's the correlation with that? Obviously, obviously, the power play has does look better, but they're not getting at it nearly enough. Yeah, it's crazy numbers, guys. It's uh, you know the fewest power play chances in the league, 12, 12 through eight games. And six of those eight games, guys, they've had one power play chance or less. They had none in Columbus on Saturday. So it was very funny. I talked to Brock Nelson about it today, and he said, yeah, the only time we're on the power play anymore is in practice. So <laughs> he's right. And he's not getting opportunities. But, you know, hey, it is four for 12, and that is, you know, 33.3%, which if you can hold that percentage through the course of the year, you probably set an NHL record. So uh, I like what Jim Hiller, the new assistant coach, is doing. Obviously, he came in to replace Scotty Gomez to run the power play. Been a nice job with the Leafs power play a season ago had a top 10 in the league Islander power play last season was third worst so uh, you know when they do get the chances they're making the most of it he is the one that's instituted that shoot first mentality um, and again he spread the wealth it's not like in years past where you have unit one is all the big guns on the power play and then unit two comes out and you don't have anybody that's really in that top five power play group he's balanced it out you know Anders Lee is not on the unit with Bailey and Barzell Anders Lee's on the unit right now with Oliver Wallstrom so that's your best power play guy playing with a kid who you know just broke into the National Hockey League and uh, again they try to just funnel those shots to the net four different power play goals you know four different players is the way it's broken down and when you see Matt Barzell you know one-timing home passes from Josh Bailey for power play goals it tells you it's not last year's power play. Chris thanks for a few minutes today we'll uh, talk to you down the road. All right, great talking hockey with you guys. Thanks so much. And a special thanks to Chris for joining us tonight. He's always great when he comes on. Uh, Dan, uh, before we go, another reminder, January 4th, Saturday, against Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll be there for the live podcast at Offside Tavern, Dan. It should be a fun night. Are you telling me as a reminder when to show up or everyone that's listening? Because you're probably the one who should do that. Because remember, the 100th episode, you gave Brendan Burke the wrong day for the wrong month. So I'm trying to show up. It's mostly he was so nice enough to come. So maybe that's for yourself and not for everyone else. <laughs> um, I'm just repeating it out. If, if, if it clicks in my memory, so be it. Um, I redeem myself the next time. We had four guests last year. They all showed up. I told them the right day. So, you know, redemption. <laughs> that's me. January 4th, Offside Tavern in Chelsea. All Islander fans know where it is. Uh, we're working on some guests. Hopefully we'll have, uh, we'll have, uh, we'll have a few and we'll have, uh, we'll have some raffles and some prizes to make fun of John Tavares tonight. We're going to have to come up with a name for this. Yeah, so, we, we will. We'll, we'll, we'll get a crack committee on that right away. In New York, I don't know. Yeah, right. And before we go, you can follow all the Lighthouse Hockey Podcasts on Twitter. Yeah, L- give, this, give this site a follow. It's kind of new. It just started up. But that's really where you can find all the great content that Lighthouse is putting out. Yes, that's LHH Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Dan Saracini has a couple new ones that are fantastic. And... There's a rumor that there might be a new show coming soon. I don't want to give it away yet, but I will uh, let everybody know when it becomes official.